to find out how that all works out. But here's the, here's the record, the historical record in Luke 2 of the very first Christmas. It said, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. Now, God had the Caesar do this so that Jesus would go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Well, he was in his mommy's tummy. But anyway, he traveled there to be born in Bethlehem. That was to fulfill what the prophet said. So God, in his providence, is working out his plan. So each person went to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Christmas carries with it a very important and powerful message. We're going to work to uncover the heart of that message this morning as we do some things and as we look at some passages of Scripture that tell us what it is. Jesus wasn't born in an important city. Bethlehem was not the capital by far. Very out-of-the-way place. Insignificant city. Not that important. His earthly parents were poor and insignificant. But this event was the beginning of the most important life that was ever lived. This is how it is with God. If you want to see what He's doing in the world, you have to look for it. If you want to see what He's doing in the world at large, if you want to see what He's doing in your own life, you, you have to look for it. You have to search it out. When we understand why Jesus was born, when it sinks into our soul, it brings real comfort and joy and hope. A very, very deep hope. So, the first thing I want to do today, uh, after saying all that, is to have the kids go on a search. I want you, you kids to, to go find something. We're going to do a seek and find. Now, we have people stationed to help in the places where we've hidden something, but Parents, you may need to supervise. That's, your, that's at your discretion. I'm pretty sure you will. <laughs> so if you could help us, that'd be great. But kids, what I want you to do is I want you to search for something that's in this building, different parts of the building. The toddlers, we've hidden a gold coin in the front area in the lobby, and there's some gold coins in the kitchen right behind this room. So the uh, preschool and elementary kids it'd probably be best for you to go through the back door because we've hidden some coins in the kitchen and in the pine room. There will be people to direct you to where that is. And then for the toddlers, who maybe don't move as fast, in the lobby. <laughs> so here are the instructions. We want you to look for and find one gold coin. And, and one of your parents can help you. Uh, after you find one gold coin... If you have time, help a friend find one gold coin. But we only want you to find one gold coin. And then bring back the coin with you after you find it, and I'll tell you what it represents. 
So that's what we're going to do. Toddlers, you're in the lobby. Preschool, elementary, in the kitchen and in the pine room. Might be best if preschool's in the kitchen and the elementary's in the pine room. You guys move a little faster, you older kids. So we have something for the rest of us to do while that's going on, but one, two, three, go. (laughs) Go find the coin. kids are looking for their their coin, uh, we thought we'd show everyone else, the rest of us, a, a video that steps back and gives the bigger, broad, epic picture of what Christmas is all about. So let's watch this.
All right, you all are fast. That's amazing. We thought it might take a little longer, but you're good. That was really good. Now, this gold coin that you went to find, it may remind you of a story that Jesus told. I don't know. But it may remind you of one of his stories. You may have read it either at home or in Pathfinders. But when Jesus told the story about the coin, he was trying to help us understand how much God loves us, how important we are to him, and how much he is willing to do so that we can be his children. In this story, Jesus told about the lost coin. Someone lost a coin. Let's read the story. This is what the story says. Jesus says in Luke 15, Or suppose a woman who has ten silver coins, this is a gold one, loses one of them. What does she do? She lights a lamp, sweeps her house, and looks carefully everywhere until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says to them, I am so happy I found the coin I lost. Let us celebrate. In the same way, I tell you, the angels of God rejoice over one sinner who repents. In Luke 15, Jesus told three stories like this. There were three things that were lost, and they all represented the same thing. The coin represents us. And it's a reminder of how important we are to God and what Christmas time is all about. In the story, something's lost, the coin is lost, it's found, and then there is a ginormous celebration in the words of, you know, elf, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> ginormous celebration in heaven. The angels of God celebrate when the coin, when people are found by God. And that's what Christmas is all about. The meaning behind these story is this. Just like you found the coin this morning, God will do whatever it takes to find us and make us his children. Jesus said this is why he was born in Luke 19.10. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. When Jesus says he came to seek out the lost, he is talking about all of us. We, we are represented by the coin. The Bible says that every one of us has sinned. To sin means to disobey God. This means that we need Him to forgive us. We need God to forgive us for our sins. And that's why Jesus came. That's why He was born. To save us from our sins. Which means that even though we've done wrong, He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life. Look at what the angel told Joseph in Matthew 1. But as he considered these things, as Joseph considered these things, different events that were going on, things that were happening, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's actually what the name Jesus means. It means God saves. Yeshua. Uh, so Jesus, even though we have disobeyed, was born and then died for our sins so that God could forgive us. I'd like to show you a video clip 
Uh, and kids, I, I want you to look for something in this video click and clip and pay attention to it. What it does is it shows it's from Arthur Christmas. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it shows, I, I actually haven't, but um, I need to. We're into Christmas movies at our house. I need to watch this one. I haven't seen the whole thing. But it shows Santa's elves who are handing out all the gifts at Christmas time. And I want you to pay attention to how they decide whether or not the kids get the toys that they want. Watch the video and pay attention. And then we'll, we'll have a short quiz after, after the clip. So let's watch this together. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. That's a ho, ho, ho. Field elves jingle. Jingle, jingle. Drop time 18.14 seconds per household. Left foot, son. Right foot, son. That's it, that's it. Dawson, incoming. Ninja Jones in the hole. Channel. This kid must have been good his whole life. How did they decide? They have pretty high-tech equipment, don't they? They have a little scanner that tells whether you're naughty or nice. How did they decide? If you're naughty, you weren't supposed to get toys. If you're nice, then you get the toys. What I'd like to do is listen to a, a verse that tells us how Jesus decided whether or not to save us. It says this, but when the time came for the kindness and love of God our Savior to appear, that's Jesus when He was born, then He saved us 
Not because we were good enough to be saved, but because of His kindness. It's His kindness that saves us. The kindness of God that He showed us in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to live and to die for our sins. Kindness literally means useful in this language it was written in. It was written in Greek. And it means useful. To make yourself useful to someone. To help someone with their needs or their goals. And that's what God did. We needed to be forgiven. We needed to be washed of our sins and Jesus was born so that we could be forgiven. This is the most amazing act of kindness in history. It is the most amazing act. So Christmas really is the story of one act of kindness that brings hope to the entire world. This one act. In Santa Claus terms, all of us are on the naughty list. We've all done wrong. That's what the Bible says. But because God loves us, Jesus saved us anyway. And that makes us want to be nice. That's at the heart of the Christmas story. That's what it's all about. I went to an advanced screening this week of Les Miserables. Sometimes they send out opportunities for pastors to go to movies because they know we'll do what I'm about to do, talk about the movie. (laughs) And so uh, my daughter Lindsay and I were able to go to this advanced screening of Les Miserables. And it's a very, very powerful story that contrasts, contrasts the law with grace. It's, it's, it's gripping. At the very beginning of the story, one man who, who is a Christ follower gives grace to another man who's in need, just like Jesus does for us. And that grace that was shown to him began to work change in his life. God uses this act of kindness in this man's life to begin a change in him. And that's how it works. Les Miserables is a story of one act of grace and kindness that changed a bitter man into a man of kindness with a lot of hope for his life. That's really behind what Christmas is all about. Jesus' kindness to us changes us because He gives us in this forgiveness. It's His grace. We didn't earn it. It's His kindness. He stoops to meet our needs. He's he's looked to our needs and shown this kindness to us. And that's what changes us radically when we really begin to understand the Christmas story. When it sinks in, it begins to change us. God wants us in the same way to show kindness to others every day. He wants us to accept the grace and kindness that Christ offers and then show that same grace and kindness to our families, to our friends, to the people we work with. Colossians 3 says, put on then as God's chosen ones. It's it's talking about because Jesus has forgiven us, then we put these things on like clothes every day. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. When you admit your sin... And accept God's grace. It changes you. From the inside out, it begins to work change in your life. The hope of eternal life allows us to take our eyes off our own needs 
and wants and goals and make ourselves useful to others, to show kindness to others. Just like the first Christmas, to see what God is doing in your life, you have to look for it. It occurs in what seems to be insignificant places and circumstances. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas to praise God for what He's done. We've been singing songs of praise. We've been enjoying that. Um, Praise God for what He's done in Jesus Christ, the kindness that He's shown, and look for what He's doing around you. One thing for sure He's going to be doing. He's going to give you opportunities in ordinary circumstances to show kindness on a daily basis to your family and friends. When you show kindness, what you're doing is you're reflecting the heart of Christmas. You're reflecting the heart of God Himself, whose one act of kindness brought change and hope to the world. As the band comes back up, I'd like to ask you, if you would, to think through a next step. I have one suggested next step today, uh, and that, that suggestion is to do one act of kindness this week in honor of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Um, it doesn't have to be a major act of kindness. Maybe you have one in mind, someone around that you could serve, show love to, and kindness. Uh, but, but do it, and after you do the act of kindness, say thank you, Jesus, for the kindness you've shown to me. That could be your step. So if you would, please pull out your connection card. Finish completing any information on it. We'll be receiving our offering in a few moments. You could drop that card in the offering. That'd be great. But if you'd fill that out and take this step, if you'd like to, and let us know, that'd be great. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your love that you've shown, the grace that you pour out on us in Jesus Christ. Father, we do not get what we deserve, but we get kindness from you, mercy, and grace. And Lord, I honor you for that this morning. I praise your holy name for who you are and for what you've done. May you receive our worship and our offering as, as just a small token of what we owe. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.